Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together podcast. Today we're going to be talking about everything YouTube and how we integrate it into our homeschool life and how you can do it too. But before we begin, head down in the show notes, follow us on social media, get our resource guide, head over to iTunes, leave us a message. And before you come back, go and subscribe to our YouTube channel that I put together. So it's now available on YouTube if you prefer to consume podcasts or consume videos or you like to subscribe to channels. It's there for you now, the Homeschool Together YouTube channel, and it has all of our YouTube feeds. And who knows, one day I'll, com- I'll convince Ariel to start doing videos on Trello. Yeah, yeah. Right now it's just going to be the podcast in, in another form if you prefer to listen that way. So, but yeah, he's been pushing me for a while. We're going to start doing some videos. I'm, I've been thinking about doing um, some curriculum, not not unboxings exactly, but looking at the different books and things that are used in yeah. some of the curriculums. And I do have a few ideas if I get brave enough to show my face uh, and have to record something that can't be super edited like this can. <laughs> uh, maybe I will, uh, maybe I'll get something on there. So yeah, check out our YouTube. Cool. So today we're going to be talking about why we use YouTube, the importance of YouTube, how to use it, and a little bit of the cons of YouTube. Some some yeah. heads up, some concerns and whatnot. So let's begin. So why does YouTube matter? So the first thing that YouTube matters is that it's a visual medium. It's one of the most powerful platforms on the planet that we know of. Sure. Um, has every video on, on the on the earth. I mean, if you're if you hear about somebody going, Oh, I, did you hear about that video? The first thing you do is you go over to YouTube mm-hmm. and you check it out. It's absolutely filled with enormous amount of creators, very diverse range of creators. You can get it in any language you want. They have subtitles, they have translations, they have all these great features built into the platform. And and because it is such an enormous platform and there are so many creators on there, no matter what you're looking for, it's very much like podcasts, but even bigger, right? Oh my gosh. You can find anything you're interested in. It's for me, it's the first place I go when I want to learn something, you know, because I want to see how it's done. Mm -hmm. I'm a very much a monkey see monkey do type of learner. And if you are like that as well, you'll find yourself on YouTube a lot more than say a Google search and reading some blog posts. Video is just so much more powerful. You know, if a picture is worth a thousand words, a video is worth a trillion, right? So it's yeah. it's unbelievable how powerful these type of things are. Additionally, it's, it's, it has a very low barrier, not only just for the consumers, which is free, and we'll talk a little bit about how to get rid of those pesky ads that they have, um, but it's also free, very low barrier for creators. Like for example, us, right? It took me no more than a few minutes to go to a page, convert my podcast to a video, put a nice image on it, and load it up. It takes me 
few minutes to do that. Right. And there's no, there was no cost, right? So I think this is really great. If you're very interested in, you know, integrating own voices into your homeschool, you yeah. want to make sure that you're hearing from folks who uh, are, are of that uh, origin, you know, you, hey, you're, you're studying somewhere in Africa and you want to hear from somebody that lives there. If you want to get away from uh, some sort of a textbook or other cultural reference that might be whitewashed, you can go directly and hear from somebody who lives in that area, which I think is great. What other platform do we have that we can we can hear directly from them? Uh, yeah. Sure, you could try to read somebody's blog post or something, but I think to really get the feel of it. So I love how diverse how diverse it is. You do have to look for it, but I mean, I think that's great. One of the first things that I I realize why YouTube is so important is I think we were doing the torchlight curriculum with our oldest. We were learning about something in Nepal. I think it was um, they were talking about the Himalayas or something of that nature. And I was like, hey, do you want to know what Nepal is all about? So I could go and find a video that kind of talks about the facts and figures. But I went and found a video of a little girl who some documentarians made like a five minute video of her day in a life of. So she woke up eats the food, goes to school, and then she's in Nepal. And my daughter was like way more engaged in, mm-hmm. into that and seeing and experiencing, you know, almost like she was there, what this little girl's life was. And it was way more enriching than like, okay, here's the facts and figures of Nepal or here's right. some pretty pictures. Now, I could watch flyover videos all day long, <laughs> but that's not as... Flyovers in, are your favorite. Flyovers are my favorite. Um, but it's not as interesting to her. So I was able to She's more interested in what the other kids are doing. What are other girls doing? Really, she doesn't care about the boys. She just wants to know what other girls are doing all around the world. And YouTube is a great way to do that. So, And the last thing about why YouTube matters is it's actually classified as a search engine. So if you think about Google, you use Google all the time, right? Yes, there are competitors like Bing and Yahoo. and, and Is Yahoo still around? Yeah, well, bar- they're barely hanging on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also, if you're interested in a little bit more privacy, there's like DuckDuckGo type of things. But um, Google is like 90, 95% of all search is through that. And so it's enormous. But the second largest website in the world is YouTube, which is also owned by Google. You know. Right. So half the time you do a Google search for something and one of the first results you'll get is a YouTube video. YouTube videos. And they even have it just right up on top of the search bar is if you do a regular Google search as a web search, but you can easily click over to do a video search and most of the video returns are from YouTube. Now, there are other video platforms such as Vimeo. Um, there's some competitors to YouTube like BitChute. Um, and there's a few more like Library that are opening up due to some of the issues that we'll talk about later with, with YouTube. But there are alternatives, but it's still the second largest search engine in the world. So always view YouTube as a search engine of videos, not like, you know, I think Google is a search engine for almost everything, but YouTube is a search engine for videos. And if you consider it, if you think of it like that way, you can really wrap your head around why YouTube is important. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So let's talk about the first thing. That's the most annoying thing about <laughs> Most annoying thing about YouTube in the last few years has been the increasing amounts of ads that have been put onto their platform. We have decided to go with the YouTube premium. And do you know how much it is? Like $18 a month? Uh, so I think that the lowest category might be like uh, 12, or 12 or 13, something like that. We, we have get the, the family plan. We right? have a family plan because I don't want to see your videos because you do a lot of research for your writing and some of that is just gets strange when you're writing for uh, urban fantasy occult there has to be some way to kill this person that's unique 
I'll go check YouTube. Right, yeah, so I don't want that. So the girls and I and our TV and stuff is all set on my account. Uh, one thing I would say is that for ads, if you're going to watch it on your computer, you can use a pop-up or an ad blocker. Yes. And that does totally work and it's free. You can go out and look for uh, a variety of free ad blockers and use that. Uh, but if you're going to use YouTube a lot like we do and we have integrated it with our TV, so it's on our Roku and we have it, of course, on our phones. And I mean, we we watch YouTube so much in so many different uh, platforms that it doesn't we, we can't ad block everything for us. It makes yeah. sense to have premium. So one of the things, uh, too, so we say, oh, OK, well, I don't really mind watching a 30 second ad. It's not a big deal for us. One of the things that we found is just like a search engine, how many times do you go to Google, you search for something, you click on the first link and it wasn't what you wanted actually. So you go back out, you end up clicking down through them. Well, if you have to watch ads, you're going to watch like six ads to find the right video that you want. So for us, that was a huge, a huge shift when we went to YouTube premium is that we were able to just not, not have to be quite so selective about which video we watch, start it, go, oh no, that's not what I wanted and go back. Yeah. And and it increases the usage and actually increases the um, usability of the platform. I think that's a big thing for me that I realized once we went to premium, I found myself not using YouTube very much because yeah, I don't want to watch a 10, 15 second ad to watch a video. But once you're able to strip away all those ads using YouTube premium, and this is like, we're not being paid by YouTube, but we're just telling you the experience yeah. is so much more enjoyable. I was really skeptical. You you were like, I need this. I want what this. Do, I watch YouTube I, all the time. But what I, do I say all the time now? It's the last service I would get rid of. Like right, of all of our... Disney we, and Netflix, yep. you know, uh, Amazon Prime. Am, Amazon Prime, I think we would keep because of the free shipping and we do it all the time. But it, like YouTube is one of the last services that I would cut because of this feature and how usable it makes the platform once you get rid of the ads. And if you think about it, it's like a turbo Netflix. We use YouTube so much more than we ever use Netflix. Any of our other streaming services. You know, it's just so fast, right? Yeah. It's you don't have to make a big commitment to something and and the number of times that that our, our girls have questioned something and we, we pull it up to show them or we've questioned. I, I mean, I, I was on YouTube myself. Our, our girls are not home today. They're at grandma's house, which is fabulous. But I, I pulled up YouTube like three times today alone because we're building a new mantle for our fireplace. And I wanted to mm-hmm. look at specifically how they attach it to the wall and how they did this part of it. And I was looking for different pieces and I was looking at the wall attachment part of it and wanting to see exactly how they did that. And I went through like four videos trying to find the one that showed exactly what I needed. And I finally found that. So it's just, even in our daily lives, I use it so much Yeah. To, for my own education. And then the other thing that I do with YouTube is that a lot of times I'm screening videos and seeing if they're appropriate for our daughter. And we'll talk a little bit more about that, the cons mm-hmm. at the end. But there's a great feature on my phone that when you have the app on your phone, you can double click, double tap left or right. And it, it jumps the video, I think, about 10 or 15 seconds. So a lot of times you'll see these intros and they'll be like 30 or 40 seconds long. And you're like, ah, double click, double click, double click, double click. Now I'm into the video. Is this what I'm looking for? No, it's not out. Right. And it it saves me. There's a lot of little built-in little features that can save you a lot of time because mm-hmm. you want to get the right video and you don't want to waste your time. Especially if, you know, my daughter's like, oh, we want to do this thing or we want to learn about this thing. Well, I, I need to find out if this is the right video. I don't have time to sit there and let her wait two minutes for me to figure out if this is the right video. So again, 
strip out all the ads. It makes it so much more uh, uh, usable. Also, another powerful thing is when you get YouTube Premium, you get the access to the offline videos. And this is something I use in my personal life, but also I use for our daughters to have a little bit of music or um, uh, you know, a video that they might be interested in. You can save it to your phone. You can save it offline, like to an iPad or whatnot. And if you're using it and you happen to be outside of a cell range or you're in kind of a dead spot or you're or taking a trip taking a trip or something, you can you can save. I, I have not had any limits so far. I think there might be a cap somewhere, but you know, I have like 20 or 30 videos. They're all like, you know, they range from a couple of minutes to an hour and they're all saved onto my phone. And if I have to hop on an airplane ride that I don't want to pay for the internet, I've got these YouTube videos built right into my my app. Mm-hmm. The other great thing that happens is if when you shut the screen off, this is a feature that a lot of people will, if they use YouTube a lot and they don't pay for premium, they notice that when you close the screen, it turns the audio off. That really sucks if you're not listening, if you're listening to music with mm-hmm. your kids or if you're watching a video, but then you don't want the screen to be on, you lose that access. So mm-hmm. being able to shut the screen off in a lot of, a lot of uh, ways is very useful. Um, and that is a feature that's available on premium as well. And then as Ariel talked about as well, we have the premium and shared plans. Right. And when you get when you get the premium plan, you can share it with your family as well. So you're able to we share it with my parents. And so you are, you know, it does go further. Uh, the other thing that that Matt brought up, I think is a good point too about music is that you can use YouTube music with premium. So they, they are shutting that that down. And I think they're going to integrate it into YouTube. They had two apps to handle that. Right. And now they're going to coll- I think they're going to collapse it down to one app. So we've been using I've used prime music for quite a long time. But what I don't like is there is a whole selection of songs and things that are only available on music unlimited which is an extra subscription from amazon if you don't want to pay for that and you this is all integrated into youtube you can look up any album any song i have yet to search for something and i've searched for some obscure musicals and different things i've yet to 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 not find something i was looking for yeah almost every mainline artist has a an account with the vivo people i think it is um like taylor swift vivo it has every song that she produces right and you don't have to watch music videos you can also just change it to to audio only which is what i do a lot of times just to save bandwidth uh so that's a great way if you want to play music we play a lot of music for our daughter Uh, that that's also integrated with Mm -hmm. our with our google home so we can say you know hey google play taylor swift or whatever it is um and it will go directly to youtube and play that for us because we're premium members so it's integrated all over the house so it's another thing it's the music i don't know if that's something that you don't really use that one as much but i use it all i don't listen to music as much as i used to you know for me it's now just ambient music to shut my mind off but i agree with you if you're if somebody's out there and they're paying for spotify or they're paying for pandora or if they're paying for some other service there's absolutely no reason to do that when YouTube has probably every song on the planet. Yeah. The creators do get compensated. Now it's not as much. I don't know if with Spotify, but and I know Spotify has some Spotify only content. They're trying to get into the podcast game or, you know, our podcast is on Spotify, mm-hmm. you know, subscribe if you, <laughs> if you haven't. Um, it, I, I don't know that if there's a need, if you're going to pay for YouTube premium to also pay for Spotify. So it has a consideration that, Okay, maybe you can dump your Spotify subscription. And now you get a YouTube Premium account. The thing I have noticed is I, I feel like the the curated playlists. Oh, you know, play the best of the '80s or pop or whatever. It's just something when we're working in the house and I'll turn it on. I find that that is much better on Amazon Prime hmm. than it is on YouTube. 
uh, and uh, YouTube Music, uh, and I and I think that's probably the case. Similarly for Spotify, they do a better job curating content. Hmm. So, you know, your mileage may vary with that, but but the music is a part of it, and we use it quite a bit for our kid. Well, and if you're trying to choose to say, okay, I can only have one additional streaming service, I would say go to YouTube and dump your Spotify because it does have everything. If you want the additional features that YouTube has, I think it's a, a pretty strong strong argument. So. Now we're going to get into the meat of it. Yeah, whether you use premium or not, how, how we how we use it in our homeschool. Yeah, how do we use YouTube? I mean, it's such a big platform. How do we use it? So the first thing we do is, obviously, we've talked about it. It's a discovery mechanism for new learning. So anytime there's a new interest, anytime my daughter says, hey, I want to watch something. Like, for example, the other day she goes, uh, Daddy, how do, you, how do we get chicken? I'm like, sweetie, do you want to know this? This one? <laughs> You're five. Do you You're really five. want to do you know? Realize? She goes, yeah, yeah, I do. I said, okay, well, I'm not going to show her the factory farming one. I'm going to show her a backyard chicken butchering. And at every step of the way, I was like, are you sure you really want to see this? And she said, yeah, okay. You know, daddy's, <clears throat> you know, I'm a professional chicken <laughs> butcher. You know, I've done it in the past. We harvested just yeah, once. Yeah, hundred chicens though, but yeah, um, we did. it was a lot of work. So I took her through it and she was interested in it and it captured her attention for an hour or so, you know, really interested. And, you know, so it was great. It was she and learned, learning where our food comes from is a, is a hugely important thing. There's a great little YouTube channel that we subscribe to called true food TV. And it's this, I don't know, she's like a 20 something, 30 something uh, woman. And she takes you through all these, you know, various farms and, and whatnot. And that's something that, yeah, yeah how they grow each thing and the, the particular challenges of that, that vegetable or fruit. Yeah. It's actually incredibly interesting. It's really good. And they're all really short videos. So if you, if you're looking for something like that, we'll have to link that in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, we'll go ahead and link that in the show notes. But again, it's a great discovery mechanism. Um, you know, in the past, we've recommended the, the Assassin's Creed uh, walkthroughs where they did all the historical walkthroughs. And we, in the show notes of that episode, we linked the YouTube feed, the mm-hmm. playlist. Um, so great place if you if your kid has any type of interest, it's a great place to start because it, from there you can then branch out into all of the other aspects. One thing we did when we decided pre-pandemic, our daughter wanted to try a sport and she wasn't sure what she wanted to try. It was like, okay, well, do we do soccer? Do we put mm-hmm. her in t-ball? Do we try basketball? So I brought up videos of kids' games that they had taken. And so we were able to watch the different sports and she was able to see like, which one did she think fit her the best? And she's like, mommy, I think it's soccer after all this. It's like, okay, great. You know, this was a, a way for us to, to quickly get through it without having to try a bunch of sports. And yeah, could you imagine saying, okay, we're gonna, she says, well, I'll play baseball. And, and she really does not like baseball. And, and that's a long thing. That's, it takes a long time to figure out that mistake. Yeah. You know? And she may still, but it was a great yeah. visual way to kind of, you know, process of elimination. And we've done that with other things too. Okay. You know, which one of these do you like? Okay. Let's bring up videos of all of them and you know, you can see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next thing is um, not only just as a discovery mechanism, but this is the next idea is to expand on current learning. So, you know, you're in some build your library thing or you're in some torchlight thing and it comes across and you could see their eyes light it up, light up. Boom. This is a perfect good time to go to YouTube and see if you can find more. If it was a short story or, you know, a book that you read about um, or if it's a topic that you covered or an emotion or something of that nature. YouTube has it. To go- oh, the emotions were great. We were able to we pull up to- Sesame Street videos about just about every emotion. Yeah, when we did the pre-K, it was the pre-K torchlight yeah. um, that, you know, focusing on emotions. Yeah, well, you were able to bring in all those emotions. It was great. And they have all these videos that are available for free. 
Right. And it's terrific. So while you're not going to find the full episode of Sesame Street, for example, PBS does put out all the Sesame Street songs. and Two, two know, or three minutes long, yeah. Right, various of them. So I've actually created playlists of these. So I have playlists of all the different uh, Sesame Street kind of, you know, get up, uh, happy, upbeat songs, you know, that are trying to encourage them to, you know, try again, all those, you know, great concepts that we're trying to instill in her. It's great. So if I need a few minutes, I'm making dinner or something. It's like, oh, I'm just going to pull up the playlist full of the Sesame Street songs on it that I already have created. And I know that everything on there is going to be good for her. And, you know, it comes from a good source. So it's great. You'll find small clips of Daniel Tiger and, you know, all kinds of mainstream shows. Uh, You'll find some great nuggets on YouTube for free. Well, and we'll bring it up. We had it a little bit later, but playlists are an incredibly powerful tool, especially Mm -hmm. to homeschooling families. And you did this, I think, to, you know, an elite level uh, when we were doing the first run of Torchlight for the pre-K you were building me weekly playlists then you would mm-hmm. share with me. So you'd go out on YouTube and you'd find 20 videos that correspond to, you know, whatever topic we're covering, whatever the letter of the week is, whatever story that we're reading. You would toss on one of the classic uh, Reading Rainbow episodes. You'd mm-hmm. toss on some Sesame Street, a few Daniel Tigers. And what's cool is, is in Torchlight, they recommend some videos at the end of every, of every weekly um, section. And you were able to pull those out and put those into a playlist. We were doing alpha blocks as well. And those are actually public. So if anybody out there is doing Torchlight Pre-K, if you search TL uh, Pre-K Week whatever, you'll actually find those those playlists are all still active out on my account. So you'll actually still find them. You'll notice that the the um, uh, alpha blocks and and different uh, letter songs are not correct because we were trying to. They're aligned to the um, the preschool. Right. Yeah. yeah. Our daughter was in was in a, a part time preschool, and so we were aligning that. So, but all the rest of the videos are there, just as a helpful thing. I should actually probably strip out the letter ones and just leave the um, the regular videos for folks. Maybe I'll do that at some point. But, anyways, it was just great, and I actually put them in Trello, so you were able to click on that playlist and just play through the videos and they were all already there to go it's yeah. perfect I, and, and again you do that searching in you know when the kiddos are sleeping or when you're working or and then all of a sudden that saves time later in the day you can do mm-hmm. a little bit more one other great thing about youtube is you will find unique purposeful content from some major creators national geographic nasa national science foundation you'll find some like short documentaries, you'll find five minute documentaries or less about some sort of topic. And they're, they're actually from, they're actually from great sources. Yeah. Major content producers. Mm -hmm. Um, This is both a pro and a con. Maybe we'll pull in one con. Um, One of the criticisms now of YouTube is that they're actually kind of putting their thumb on the scale for the big time producing content Mm -hmm. producers that all these people who had been spending the last 10 years building their platforms are having a little bit of a trouble based on some rules and regulations that they're doing and they're and they're trying to push this bigger content. Now, that's neither here or there, um, but you do have access to these great, you know, Nat Geo Discovery, NASA, you know, even all the major um, network shows have their own YouTube channels. They have stripped out small sections of their of their shows. Bluey episode on, you know, from Disney Plus, it will be on there. You know, they're 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 putting their content onto YouTube and it is there for you to access in in so much quantity that it almost 
begs the question of why you would need regular television. Because if, if I can dial up a Daniel Tiger episode. Well, so, you know, you can dial up a part of a Daniel Tiger episode. So but, that's the thing. Like, if you want to watch the entire 30-minute one. Yeah, but the five-year-old doesn't know that's not a full episode. Oh, if it's, yeah. you know, if it's a closed story that, you know, seven or eight minutes long, she doesn't know that it's not the full episode. Yeah, I think that you have to be purposeful with it. I, I think that if you, your child has a real interest in, you know, something else specifically, then, you know, definitely it, it's not a substitute for that. But there's so much great content, even if you don't talk about, you know, trying to watch mainstream shows. If sure. you just watch things that were created specifically for YouTube, there's so much out there. Yeah. So much. So the next one that we have on here, there's something that we've actually been getting... <laughs> really into is the live camps so there are places around the world whether they're cities or they're research or uh, outposts or zoos or you know uh, national parks yeah katmai is it katmai 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 national park it's at brooks falls if you we'll put it in the show notes yeah yeah it's in the show notes but for alaska it's our favorite it's our favorite right now it's basically this i don't know it's like two or three foot waterfall that's really beautiful um, it's bigger than that, I think. Yeah, but these these giant grizzly bears, they're either grizzly, the grizzly brown, brown bears. Brown bears, yeah, the big old brown bears, and they sit on the falls and they catch endless amounts of salmon. And we will sit there. And they'll and, fall over the and falls. And they'll fall over the falls. It's very funny. <laughs> There's so many of them. It's crazy. But, Our daughter loves to watch it. But right now they're going through, I think, uh, the best of from the season because I think it's just snowy and cold now. But during the year or there's other places as well during the summer there was i mean they were everywhere basically it's a live camera that's set up at the falls and it just live streams and you know hundreds and hundreds of people are just sitting there watching and there might be no bears there might be a ton of bears there's usually always bears i mean there's usually always at least one bear hanging out yeah and then so there's other ones like there's um some national parks in africa um, that they show near these watering holes. So you'll see some you know, interesting critters in there. They have live cameras um, from major cities like New York Times, if you want the Times Square in, in New York. You can, uh, one of my favorite ones uh, is, is it snowing in Banff? <laughs> Canada. <laughs> in Canada. And so there's this live cam that will take you there and say, oh, is it or is it not snowing? Um, you can, I, I think we were looking at Las Vegas last night down on the strip. Yeah, we've done Paris before. Paris, yeah. And that was one of the things with our daughter. We've been asking her what her, I talked about it on a previous episode, what her favorite um, her favorite thing of the day and, and then where mm-hmm. she'd want to go if she could go anywhere. And the other day she said Paris because we had watched it on a live cam. And I was like, wow, I, you know, she's she's getting a sense of all these other locations, yeah. right? Watching, it's it's something unique about watching something live as opposed to watching something pre-recorded that even the kids can tell. She yeah. can tell that we're watching something that's really happening all the way across the world. Well, and it's going to be great too when we're doing our around the world study with kindergarten. We can, you know, if we're talking about, uh, say, we're in Moscow this week or somewhere in Russia this week, I can t- I can pull up the Moscow live cam. Yeah, let's see what the weather's like. See what the weather's going. See what it looks like out there. Um, you know, anywhere around the world. So it's been just a really cool discovery about these mm-hmm. little these cool little live cams. So if you want to search for them, you just type in the location you want. You type live cam, and then it'll, it'll pop up, and it will have a little indicator on the bottom of every video that comes up in the search, a little red icon that says live. And so it will tell you that this is a live cam. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one though, you know, obviously we've talked a little bit about, about the music, but music, art, and literature are huge on YouTube. Obviously the music, but so we've been doing a lot of classical studies for our Blossom and Root, and 
that music is everywhere. All those composers are there. And in fact, what I've usually pulled up in the playlist is symphonies playing yes. the works of some of those composers, which is really cool and so much more visual. And mm-hmm. it, 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 you almost feel like it's more of an experience than just hearing the music. Absolutely. I, I, I have I have gone towards those more than, than just the static image with right. the music playing. Um, also literature, not just literature um, analysis of literature or listening to literature, um, but the read-alouds, um, yeah, the read-alouds for the books. books. Uh, picture books. Is if, just... if there's ever a book you can't find for Torchlight or one of the others because it's you know all taken at the library or otherwise unavailable, check you know type the name of that and read aloud into YouTube. Chances are you're going to find somebody that's reading that book. Exactly, it's r- really really powerful, which I'll, is great. Yeah, I, I have been enjoying it. I've, I've been enjoying it on the literature side too, and you may also find that if uh, if there's some classic literature, if you type audio book next to it. There's nine times out of ten you're going to find an, an right. open source audio read of that classical piece of literature. It's been really nice. So, you know, maybe they have some middle grade stuff that you're maybe reading, some old short stories, or if you want to hear some dramatic reading of a poem, um, great place to go. Oh yeah, yeah, perfect place to go. And then for art, we've been studying different paintings with Blossom and Root. Type in the painting name to mm-hmm. YouTube. A lot of times you'll find these really terrific, just short documentaries. Oh, we're studying this Renoir painting, and you'll find something short that you can watch about that. Features yeah, two it. minute, yeah, two three minute documentary about it. Right. It's it's just it's a wealth of such quick information, mm-hmm. which I love. You know, you don't have to sit and watch forty minutes about Renoir. You can watch just a few minutes, and your child can get a be- a deeper understanding of that painting. It also takes the pressure off of you. You know, you don't have to be a jack of all trades. You don't have, have to, to be an expert. You don't have to be an expert on like this Renoir painting. You, Let's bring up the National Gallery of Art or whatever. And somebody and sits let there them talk about and it. talks about it. Yeah, and and that I think is a is a great way to offload the responsibility of knowing every single minute detail of what you're teaching, which no one possibly could. And, and I, but yeah. I think that the problem is you do have that expectation. You right, feel that, yeah. but while in our our brains we know that we can't know everything, right? Uh, and that it, that's perfectly okay to say to our children, "Oh, we don't know. Let's look it up." You're right. There is kind of a pressure, even though we do know that in our heads that we're not supposed to know everything. That you know, they're they're looking to you to go, well, why is that an important painting, mommy? And you're like, I don't know anything about no, Renoir. No I have idea, no yeah. idea. <laughs> right. And and I do feel kind of like, but you know, having something like this in my toolkit says, you know, oh, I've already found a video on it that we're, we can watch. So, oh, honey, sure. we're going to study Renoir. And then we pull up this video and we're both going to learn about it together. I feel much more prepared that way. Another thing that has come up on YouTube, which has been really nice, is that a lot of classic educational shows are on there as, um, you know, on their searchable items. Right. Reading Rainbow is one of the, the my, my favorite ones. Like literally every, you don't realize how, how low quality the video was back in the day. I remember watching it on my little 13 inch television. Right. right? Yeah. You blow it up on an 80 inch television, <clears throat> and a big, large TV that some people might have. <laughs> it really comes through that. Wow. That was pretty like, do you know what? It doesn't make it a doesn't difference. Work. Our daughter doesn't, doesn't really care. care. She did not care. The reading rainbows are still really terrific. I was well, kind of surprised. They're really good. Like, that show is a national treasure. Um, yeah. But also Sesame Street, Daniel Tiger, any type of these old shows. I mean, Daniel Tiger's more of a newer show. but You only find clips of Daniel Tiger yeah. usually. But they have old episodes of, of Sesame Street. Um, whatever, if you have some childhood show that you remember watching on PBS or on Saturday morning, it's going to be there. Yeah, especially the classic shows. You know, the more the newer ones, you won't. Although some shows, you'll find complete episodes of that show. It's amazing. It's amazing what you'll find on there. Next one that we like to do is the visual aspect. So this is something, you know, instead of talking about something or listening to some, you know, small documentary, 
they have these hyper visual um, videos. These are the flyovers we've the talked 4K. about. The 4K, 8K flyovers, the drone videos of flying over we cities. We could really watch those all day. Like as a family, we loved. And they those. put, you know, they put it to really nice, calm music, and you can really enjoy that. You can put it on in the background. You can, you can show geological. Um, uh, uh, structures like mountains and fjords yeah, or I mean, you, over a desert. You or, feel like you're yeah. flying. The other thing that's great is you, you'll go walking tours. So take a walk through Chicago and there'll just be some light music. And if you were you know, on a treadmill or otherwise, whatever, you could say, hey, kids, let's take a tour of Chicago mm-hmm. and just walk around. They, always have, they also have a walking hiking trail. So if you want to go on a famous walk, like, oh, I'm doing the Pacific Coast Walk between this place and this place yeah it's right there there's people who put gopro videos on their bikes and they've ridden through cities one of my favorite things to do early days of youtube was to watch the drive-through videos these guys would put a small camera on the front of their motorcycle and they would put it to some trans techno and they would drive through a city but it would be sped up at like 2x speed and so Mm. it was just kind of like you felt like you were carving through the city right with them and it's just it was just a cool immersive yeah, it's experience. it's really yeah. neat. It's a really neat experience. Furthermore, on the immersive experiences that YouTube is slowly rolling out, uh, 3D and uh, virtual reality videos. Now, I haven't done these yet. I've done some 3D videos, but I haven't done the goggles mm-hmm. or any of the 3D uh, VR thing, or Google Cardboard or whatnot. Um, I think we'll, I'm going to give that a try over the holidays. I might try to get the Google Cardboard or something like that and see if it works. Um, But they do have videos that are 3D, which means where your phone, if you have your phone in front of you, you can pan around and it's a 3D video. It was taken by a 360, I'm sorry, not 3D, but 360 degree camera. So as you turn the phone, you actually see all around. So some people have put it on top of bikes, cars, on drones, Mm -hmm. and you can fly through areas. And no matter where you're putting the camera, you will see some new aspect or some new direction people yeah, talk about immersive yeah a big one that they i've seen it done is on roller coasters so if you want to really feel like you're in the roller coaster you they're really great if you put it over your you know if you put it into one of the vr headsets that you can then all of a sudden you feel like oh my god i'm, I'm on top of this roller coaster or i'm flying through this city on on a drone or something like that yeah. and i can really imagine that being a, a really cool experience if you have one of the uh, phone plug-in headsets. I, I I know they have them for iPhones. Google Cardboard is kind of the cheap one, but I think they have these little headsets that are like 50, 60 bucks and you just drop your phone in. YouTube knows that, or you set it in YouTube that this, okay, do you have a glasses? Do you have the goggles? Yes, okay. And then it goes ahead and splits the view and then so it gets ported through the two little lenses into your eyes and so you can really feel like, holy cow, I'm actually in this like little VR world. It's VR. a great way to do virtual tours of museums. They do have that for museums as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, next thing, which I really, really love, um, is the courses. And this, m- many of you think, oh, you're going to take a college course and everything. No, no, no. This ranges from preschool all the way to upper level college. People have been putting courses and classes. I, I know in the pandemic, a lot of kindergartners and preschool teachers have begun doing preschool and kindergarten at at home through YouTube. Yeah, when we were struggling with our daughter's reading and blending sounds, you found a YouTube video of of a teacher who said, well, this is how we teach blending. Now she's she's great at blending her sounds yeah. because she was able to watch it. You were able to to get that, you know, to fill in those gaps in your own teaching I, ability. I realized I was 
it, you know, I was punching outside my, my pay grade. I was, I was in the wrong weight class. And so I went and found help, right. And said, mm-hmm. okay, well, I need some help on how to do this. And right. yeah, you find these great videos of teachers who have been trained to teach this and they're put it up on YouTube for free and they give you the secret sauce. And I went in and incorporated it and now it's working. So yeah. Yeah. Really terrific. But even it goes even beyond that. If you have a student who say a little bit older student and they want to learn about something, you can dial up these college level courses or you can sure. dial up these lectures, you know, endless amounts of Ted talks, mm-hmm. whatever you want to do. It is there. The educational aspects of YouTube. We talked about Khan Academy, Khan Academy kids, but Khan Academy cut their teeth in YouTube, mm-hmm. right? Those, those videos are hosted on YouTube. They use yeah. YouTube as that platform. Yeah. And the Khan Academy videos are terrific, especially if you're struggling with some sort of math concept. One of the things that's nice, you know, maybe you've been teaching something a specific way. You can, you can watch one of these videos. That's a, that's one of these courses to maybe have a, a different way to teach, to teach your student, maybe hearing it from a different voice helps them to you know, overcome a blockage. That's, what worked with our daughter and, and this uh, the blending yeah but also with courses it's not just educational we've been using it for a lot of art stuff as well oh the art the the draw along kind of the I paint mean, alongs the the poor videos they're fantastic they're, they're amazing and a lot of them are very short they're sub 10 minutes so they're really easy to consume uh the trend on youtube videos has been getting shorter and shorter it's been kind of the split you'd see they're long or short. And YouTube, I think, is move, moving more towards shorter videos. And they kind of push those. So you'll see that a lot of a lot of creators are starting to make shorter and shorter videos. Um, kind of in that like two minutes to 10 minute range is kind of the sweet spot right now. It, what it looks like from all the videos that I get recommended and the videos that I go and search for, that tends to be where they're cutting them. And that may be because of, you know, preferences by the user and everything. But the art videos have been just amazing and we get a lot of cool ideas and my daughter likes to watch them and they put them to music and they're really just really beautiful to watch and give us a ton of ideas to do you know to do art stuff and art creatives and whatnot so awesome also one of my favorite things is the serialized educational series i don't even know how to describe it i don't even know if there's a term for it or you, you should put the world war ii one up, up here on the in the show notes because that's the one that you really got got you into this, this. is one, very yeah. interesting this is where i found it yeah i found the world war one it was the world war one oh, world war one i'm sorry yeah so i was I, I got into a world war one kick and i was reading books and a little bit of history and i found this youtube channel where they started in um 2014 and they went week by week 100 year anniversary from the start of the war to the end of the war week by week by week showing troop movements, battles, and whatnot. The, the, the quality of those videos is amazing. Yeah, and they, they're all 10 minutes long. They were cutting in you know, real footage and maps. And uh, Indy, was, the guy's name is Indy. Um, he's sitting behind this really cool desk that looks like, a, you know, looks like a, a suitcase. And he had all these maps, and they had a nice set. And it was really, really cool. It was produced by like three or four guys, and it kind of grew from there. And now they're doing World War II as well. Mm-hmm. But that's neither here nor there. It's what I've realized is that there are YouTube channels out there that are doing serialized educational videos where it's not just one video Mm -hmm. or two videos. It's like, we're going to put out a hundred videos and do a deep dive on whatever concept that they're, they're covering, whether it's, you know, history or whether it's art or whether it's philosophy. They you have, can find entire art courses, you know, taking you step by step through. So if it's something that your child's interested in, you can't afford, or right now we can't leave our homes to do exactly. these enrichment classes, you could basically take an enrichment class 
on YouTube. Yeah, look for them. They're out there. You may have to do some regular Google searching where somebody may have found it for you, and then you can then, you know, subscribe to the channel and then binge watch or have your young kid be able to watch these videos day by day if they're trying to learn something. Make sure they're age appropriate. I know this one is, they talk about violence, so that's not a good, maybe not a good thing for younger kids. For the youngest, yeah. um, Language is fine, but do make sure it's, you know, appropriate for your age group. But they do have these wonderful serialized things. Big one that I've been doing um, is drawing. I've been doing a drawing course. Um, This guy, I don't know his name. Chen, I think is his name. He's a, I think he's a Chinese uh, artist. And he's been he has a whole course that he's been doing and he's been just it's on YouTube and I can sit there in his class. He filmed his class and so he's got his students around him and he's doing charcoal drawings and he's got this great split screen so that you're watching him talk to the class so it feels like you're there. They're all surrounding him, watching him and then on the split screen is the charcoal drawing that he's doing. And it just feels like you're you're taking, you know, an expensive art class that I'm yeah. just sitting there and I'm watching it. It's yeah, just it's amazing. Terrific. So these are the type of things that you can find out there and they're absolutely unbelievably powerful in learning. And it also cultivates this kind of this idea that YouTube is not just for, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about maybe distraction oriented, but you can leverage it for your first for education and really cultivate that idea that, you know, endless amounts of learning uh, always be yeah. learning that type of that idea. Um, next thing is that the cross-platform compatibility. This is like kind of the final point we'll talk about on why YouTube is awesome. It is supported on everything. So for us, mm-hmm. we use Roku, and we'll do a little bit of. Yeah, we're we'll going to do a show all about the Roku. All about point. Roku, but we're able to integrate it into our Roku, which means it's it's convert you know its ability to show it on our TV. If you have a Google Chromecast, it's kind of the same thing. We have found that we like the UK, Roku it's, it's a little bit more. It's even integrated in most smart televisions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can cast from your phone, which means you tell this device or you tell the TV to go out to the internet and play this video. And that is a super powerful thing. So if you're sitting there on your phone and you're dialing up videos on playlists or you're trying to figure out a video, if it, a video is appropriate or not, then you can go ahead and show it onto the television and have that kind of learning experience with your with your young and and that's something that I really push and we've talked about this in the past the importance of being there with them during screen time and not just allowing them to just go dead zone Mm -hmm. um to see the bright lights Mm -hmm. and you know fall away being there with them and experiencing what they're watching and being able to pause and ask questions and engage them I think really takes it really makes screen time not something that's there to entertain like to take away their interest it's there to be kind of a coupling with you as the educator and you're engaging them with it i think it makes them experience the the incredibly stimulating platform as something that's educational as Mm -hmm. opposed to something that is there to just like kind of melt my brain yeah yeah i agree there's probably a better way to put that but that is something that's a, a kind of a principle that i'm really really hard on okay now let's talk a little bit about the cons we talked a little bit about the idea that the platforms are kind of really benefiting more towards big time pub, you know, creators, um, more of the established media, established platform, mm-hmm. while there are enormous amount of amateur um, content creators that are just as good, if not better, um, in delivering whatever that experience is. You know, for example, the World War I um, 
uh, s- series uh, YouTube channel that I, I was talking about is that these are a bunch of amateur guys. Well, what about the major World War One battle that was done completely in Lego? Oh yeah, yeah. The, that was amazing. Yeah, the Lego video, right? These are amateurs, but like if that was shown on you know the History Channel. They would go goo goo gaga over it, and that's it's mm-hmm. something that they would never even dream of producing. Wouldn't even such ha- a large undertaking. They wouldn't even have the mental capacity to think that that's an entertaining thing to put on their platform. The World War One guys, History Channel is not going to devote ten minutes a week with the for production four years. for four years to make something like that, right? The, that's the thing that YouTube allows you is that these people can take on passion projects. Mm-hmm. And can make things very compelling at you know a very low cost, and then you can also support them. I, I know that show is run off Patreon, and so they were being funded through you know donations. They're, hey, you guys are making television level quality, whatever quote unquote television level is, but you're making compelling content. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, another thing that we didn't even mention was web series. There are all these TV shows that are made by amateurs out right. there, and. They're, you know, some of them are age appropriate, some of them are not, but these are amateur filmmakers that are making compelling television mm-hmm. shows. You know, you can find a web series that, you know, might, you know, align with the age group of your learner. That sure. These are like TV shows, right? And so it's all out there. But so let's talk about the cons. First one that I always, uh, that I, you have to hammer home is that there, there is a lot of content on YouTube that is not appropriate for young kids. Now they do put things behind age walls. So if you have a certain age, they do block certain content, which is good. But some of the content is targeted towards children, but is absolutely not for children. Yeah. And that that is a really this is the reason why, you know, our our child never is allowed to search by herself uh, or watch by herself. And we can kind you can kind of see when the video is probably not uh, a lot of times what'll happen is you're looking at a, a a perfectly legitimate good video for for your child and in the suggestions there may be a video that actually isn't appropriate for your kids. And so that can be really challenging. I I wish that they would do a better job of allowing, you know, likes and dislikes or some way of rating to to keep those out of the suggestions, because that will come up a lot of times, there will be there will be junk in the Mm -hmm. suggestions. And some of those are not appropriate for your children, even though they may feature Disney characters and other things, people dressed up like those characters, there's some, there's some not good things happening there. So you have to do have to be seriously careful uh, about, you know, what you click on with your kids. People saw this kind of come to a head during the Elsa gate stuff if you you know do a quick google search on that you'll you can learn all about it but these are very inappropriate videos uh, very questionable in nature they weren't like directly inappropriate but they were just weird and off and they were fun they were falling into the you know the next suggested video and a lot of times with youtube they will just go ahead and play that next video and if you're not looking, all of a sudden that video comes up. And it was very awkward, very odd. There's obviously some conspiracy theories around it. But it was there was a whole huge class of videos that were very awkward and weird. And they were targeted towards children. And that may not be something you want. And again, I, I piggyback on what you said is you got to watch what, what's being streamed on there. You got to be aware. You got to be you know, together with it. Yeah. I, I don't think that YouTube is, is the kind of thing that you could just let your kids run with and watch whatever. Uh, having, play- just... having playlists helps a little bit of that. It does because it'll play the next video in and the if playlist. if you've done that curating, right. that's a good way to get around that problem. I think, th- I think so. The other thing is in those suggestions, you might find that they're suggesting 
um, things for toys and things, which just is unboxing videos, watching kids open toys. And that's not something we want because right. she's so young. She's just like, Oh, I want that. I want that. And she, you know, she has to learn that, you know, she can't have everything and that's a difficult thing that we have to get through. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's not as much educational value in that. So just, you know, be cautious. We always watch it with her, um, which I think is, you know, ultimately that's the best thing to do is just be there. Yeah. And then just to kind of, you know, piggyback on top of that, you know, there are some gaps in the parental filters. YouTube is only so big, even though they make a ton of money. They're only so big, they can't catch everything. Yeah. And so they use AI. People are sly too. Well, and they use AI and they use a lot of, you know, frontline people to actually view these videos before they get rid of them or if people flag them. They, they're not able to get to everything. And so you do have to be a little bit careful. Um, Beyond that, there's a little bit of a toxic internet culture. There's kind of a... Yeah, don't look at the comments. I wouldn't... Yeah, never read the comments. That's I think that's true about anything. Unless you are leaving really beautiful, nice comments and reviews on the Homeschool Together podcast <laughs> Yeah, on we'll iTunes. read your comments. We'll read your comments. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. Like, no, I mean, just for example, when I, I submitted all our videos to YouTube, all of a sudden I got some spam comments that are just not appropriate at all. Right, yeah, um, we had to delete them to make sure that they weren't but, there anymore. But beyond just that, there is a, an element of that the internet is kind of fracturing itself off of real world um, interactions and it's developing its own type of hive culture. Um, you see this on Twitter, you see this on a lot of the social media platforms where it becomes divorced from reality. Um, there becomes its own slang and, and um, terminology. You'll see some of this in like some of the streaming videos like through Twitch or even through YouTube. Um, they use terms and you know words that maybe you might deem inappropriate. So you do have to understand that there is this kind of split culture between the real world and how we interact with real people and how we you know we feel is appropriate and what is not. And then we have this world on the internet that is kind of pseudo anonymous and how that kind of cultivates kind of a a negative attitude, not just you know for some of the various subjects we all deem you know, morally reprehensible. Um, There is kind of this, you know, a shaming, bullying aspect that could Mm -hmm. be, that could be part of that. So um, be aware of that. Um, Also be aware of the live streaming aspect of YouTube. So if you, if you're giving phones or or small devices to kids, they can begin to stream videos of themselves onto YouTube. Yeah. So you got to be cautious. That's got to be very cautious. You know, I've seen a lot of videos of people complaining that, you know, there are these young kids um, just streaming videos of themselves online and, and you, you can just imagine where that goes. Yeah, And we don't want to talk about that here, but just that is something you have to be very careful about because it is a big platform. There's a lot of people on it. And, there's, and whenever you get a lot of people together, there are some bad people. Um, so we just have to be careful about that. That's just another big thing. And finally, you know, we kind of talked about it already, the, the risk of the babysitter syndrome mm-hmm. um, and having YouTube kind of being that babysitter We've all seen it in the stores. The mom has the kid in the stroller, and they're just sitting there watching endless YouTube videos. But you, you know, honestly, uh, yes and no, right? Yeah. We we all got to get things done, and sometimes your kid's screaming in the store, and you need to hand them the phone with YouTube so that you can get that done. I mean, you know, no, no, no judgment. I, I'm our children have watched many an Olaf video while we're trying desperately to get dinner done in exactly. that that bewitching hour of five <laughs> to six p.m. when children turn into little goblins. Um, so, you know, it, it, it does work for that, but we are very careful to not let our kids just watch endlessly or, or watch, you know, when we're not aware of exactly what's what's being shown. Okay, so hopefully that, you know, 
a lot of YouTube stuff that maybe you already knew, but maybe we talked a little bit about things you didn't know or how we've been able to incorporate that. Overall, it's one of these things. It's like, I think it's like any tool. If used properly, it can be highly effective. If used improperly, you'll shoot your eye out. You know what I mean? So I think you just... That's a a very good analogy for for this time of year. You shoot your eye out. Yeah, it's it's a tool like any (laughs) other and you do have to respect it and be careful with it. Um, But if you use it the right way, some amazing things can come out of it. So that would be the takeaway that I I would give yeah just engage with it because you are an adult you have you have the wisdom of age to understand how to use the platform some <laughs> most of us of the time. most of the time um do under and you know you understand what you want and what you don't want for your kids and then really lock down that space it can be just the most enriching platform on the planet it, it really can if you use it right it if really you use can. it right well we'll close out the podcast like we always do and what we're into this week we're gonna be talking a little bit about port protection alaska Oh my gosh, we love the Alaska documentary sh- type shows. We've well, watched like sh- 10 we? seasons of Gold Rush. Yeah, we have been Gold Rush Or is it 11 seasons? 11 I don't know. Something like We've that. watched all the seasons. We like to watch the Alaska shows. I don't know. I've been to Alaska a number of times for work, um, out to the Aleutian Islands, and I've been to Kodiak. And so I don't know. Matt's never been to Alaska. So I you have, be, you have yeah. some sort of like... Uh, fascination the wilderness with the aspect of it maybe that's what everybody it's the last frontier maybe or something i don't know like but this is the latest thing I, I come in from working and i find them all cuddled up on the couch and our daughter says we're watching port protection alaska mom <laughs> so basically what, what is port protection alaska so the top of one of the the southeastern islands um i think just northeast of ketchikan is this little city port protection now i've had to like cut portions of the video because it is there's some more adult things but um basically this little this little town and there's i don't know probably a couple dozen people living there Mm. and they all live like right on the water and they have these boardwalks that go between the towns and they all basically subsist in in the environment they they hunt deer for food they fish for their food and they're all kind of you know like all these shows they always want to show the you know, kind of, you know. They're a little kooky. A little kooky. But they also salvage stuff and they make things out of what they yeah. find. And so there's there's a lot of like, um, you know, using everything. And yeah. and there's some there's some good lessons to be learned. It, this is uh, on Disney Plus. Disney Plus. It's on the Nat Geo section of the Disney Plus. So if you like, they have the whole Nat, National Geographic uh, shows and series. They have... They have like I didn't realize that Nat Geo has like a million veterinarian shows. I don't know what the veterinarian thing I is, don't know. but people, they have a ton. People have love animals. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, so the poor protection. We we played the first episode, and first of all, it's beautifully shot. Like whatever cameras they're using, they're using drones everywhere, and you really get a scale of how isolated these people are. And I, again, I think this is another thing that I you know I always want to have my daughter you know experience what you know, other people are doing, right? And these, what their lives are like. What, the, what their lives are like. And we, so we were talking a lot about the themes of survival and nature and respecting nature and respecting the environment and, and you know, watching people survive and then have to subsist and what type of things they have to do to do that. And, you know, does this look fun? Does this look not? And she goes, no, daddy, that looks cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, because in those Channel Island, in the in the Southeastern Islands of, of Alaska, they... You know, it's, it's it's very similar to our weather pattern, but even like more so, where it's just cold and rainy all the time, and it's always cloudy. And you know, just seeing the environment, it's beautiful. I mean, it's just gorgeous. And some of the shots have been really beautiful. And 
you know, one of them was shooting a deer. They didn't show the shooting of the deer, but they showed him kind of field dressing it a little bit. And so she had to kind of experience that. And these guys were also catching halibut and they were having to butcher the halibut. And that got us into a whole nother, like, how do I butcher fish thing? And so she was interested in that. And we watched some videos on cod and then we got into like overfishing and, you know, it's just like kind of that, that rat's nest, you know, that rabbit hole of, uh, yeah, of with YouTube, but you guys have been into the show lately. Yeah. There just were a silly thing, but it, the first episode was really good. The second episode, there was a little bit of language in there. So I had to like, I had to like be careful about that because last thing I need is you know, our kid dropping swear words at grandma's house by accident. Um, but you know, it was very interesting to watch these people kind of just live on the edge and, you know, obviously it gets very interesting. And it's interesting to me. And she seems to like it as well. And so, you know, we've been watching it for, you know, last week or so, watching a little bit of an episode here and there. And, you know, just kind of talking about people surviving and what they do to, you know, kind of live on the edge there. So if you got a chance, maybe watch a little bit of Poor Protection. It might be better for a little bit older kid. Yeah. I think ours is maybe a little young for it, but she likes watching a lot of those shows with us. So, oh, you know, to each their own. But, you know, if you want to watch it, Poor Protection Alaska and nat geo on disney plus you might you might enjoy it thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey please engage with us on social media join our homeschool together podcast group on facebook and find us at homeschool together podcast on instagram we'd love to hear your feedback questions and recommendations until next time happy homeschooling